Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, a Pfizer vaccine. So am I, because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. If you're 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, COPD, or heart disease, or are 65 or older, you are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine. It can help protect you against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Even if you've already been vaccinated with other pneumonia vaccines, Prevnar 20 may help provide added protection. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyoli, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we hear details from individuals who are passionate about co-creating a world where taking care of each other is the norm, and our guest today is an expert at providing excellent care in the most important ways. 
A 27-year-old singlish bisexual cis white female, she is turned on by acts of service, reciprocity, mutual care, listening, and intentional touch, especially for therapeutic purposes. And also toys. Favorites include her TENS Care Kegel Toner, which I am so excited to hear details about, and Womanizer. And she is super duper into fulfilling partners' fantasies and fetishes, including hopping on a Hop 66 ball naked, which now I really want to see. <laughs> With a background in nursing, she loves roleplay of all kinds, but is especially living out medical fetish fantasies and is an excellent nurturing dominant and teacher in the bedroom arts. A freedom-loving babe who works as a legal courtesan at Sherry's Ranch in Pahrump, Nevada. Welcome, Camille Davis. Gosh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a privilege to be here, and it's a long time coming. I was finally in town, and I thought we really need to get this lined up and good to go. I am so excited to get all of your details recorded for our guests today. Could you start off by telling us? If you had to rate yourself on a sexual shame meter with 10 being the most full of shame and one being not so shamey at all, where do you fall today? Why did you pick that number? And tell us if there's been a shame roller coaster throughout your lifetime. Sure. I've, there's absolutely been a shame roller coaster. Not any hard inclines or declines. Loop de loops. Sure. Why not? <laughs> or corkscrews or inverse, <laughs> any of that. <laughs> uh, I knew this question was coming. I had thought really hard about it. I'm going to use an analogy here. I feel like we have shame the same way that we have acute pain, mm. that we have acute pain so we don't damage our tissue or damage what we have in our body. But I feel like we have shame. So we protect our social relationships. So I feel like it can range from three to five. I feel that I'm very sexually open, but I do consistently try to read the room to make sure that I'm not going into a higher number of shame. Mm, for your own self. You got it. Yeah. Are you a three at work? When you were at the ranch? I would say so. Really? Yeah. yeah, because I'm there in a provider role. Uh -huh. And as much as I would love to say like, yes, this is what I have. This is what I have going on. I'm here to help those first. That's also why people come to me first. But if they're open to asking me, I will absolutely tell them now I'm a one. And it's dynamic. It's a spectrum. Yeah. Do you have moments of oneness or zeroness or whatever? I know it's my, I said one to 10, but yeah. in sessions with people, like, do you feel like once you're connected or even in your private life, like once you're connected with someone, do you have moments where it's like, right now I'm not shamey? Sure. Yeah. I do feel like it does take some time to get there yeah. if I feel safe with them and we're connecting on a more emotional and intellectual way, then it gets on the more, or excuse me, the lower end of the shame meter But it really just depends. As long as I feel safe and I feel like I can express myself and they can express themselves, yeah. we're good. We're golden. Damn. Okay. I'm thinking about your analogy. Camille is also an expert at analogies. I really, really learn a lot. You are someone that I can just pepper with questions and I really appreciate that. And I... I haven't thought of it in that way, but now I'm like, oh shit, I can't always feel the shame. So maybe I'm like one of those people that doesn't get the sensory feedback and maybe I'm like burning myself on a stove all the time. Okay. Not that this is about me, but like. No, but there's also that analogy that some people like pain and yes, that's totally okay too. That's true. Would you say in this analogy, pain is the equivalent of taboo? Not necessarily. Okay. No. I'm trying to understand shame and the relationship between taboo because people are telling me that shame creates the like, ooh, in taboo. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if I experienced taboo. Do you experience taboo? Like, how do you understand it? 
Yeah, my understanding of taboo is just means out of the norm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes within our civilization, out of the norm means bad in that correlation. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be. Sometimes taboo is wrong for certain reasons, even in the logos aspect or the ethos aspect. But as long as it's safe and consensual and you feel like it's a good time, then it's fine. But if you're going into something that's illegal, not safe, not consensual, no go. On this podcast, we like legal and consensual activities. And I feel like I could really wander in the weeds. I know for a fact that I could wander deep into the weeds with the you and all these things. adjectives. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, what is sex? To Camille. Yeah. So when I was looking up this definition of sex, say like through Google, it just brought up it's whenever you have sexual activity. I was like, that's not what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. Like, great. Even within school, they said, define this, but don't use that word yeah. within the definition. Yeah. <laughs> Online um, dictionary. <laughs> to me, it can be a plethora of different things. Like, we have the adjective of oral in oral sex. We have penetrative sex. I also feel like manual stimulation can get into that sexual umbrella, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hope it's in mine. Right, right. <laughs> or even dry humping. Thigh humping, dry humping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is more clarity when you're naked, mm-hmm. but it can be done with clothes on, too, or partial clothes as well. How would you define sex? Honestly, that's why I'm like five years into this deep research project, because I really thought I would like understand it. I think there is, for me, an energetic and physical component. Mm -hmm. And it also depends on the context in which someone's asking this question, which I know makes me a terrible, like, whatever. But I like to just see the different answers that people give. So if if colloquially out in the world, someone's like, hmm, sex, blah, 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 like, can we have sex? I do assume that they are wanting to put some sort of phallic object inside of me or receive that, you know, whether it's a cock that's attached to a human body with a strap on or with skin, you know, that's kind of what I think definitionally is a lot of what I will, my brain will jump to. But if someone asks me this question in the thoughtful way that I am asking people, then I'm like, well, it's anything that contains an agreement to exchange erotic energy mm-hmm. between two people, you know, and orgasm is not necessarily a part of that, but it's maybe situations that could lead to orgasm and are focused on pleasure. You know, one of my favorite guests on here, Suzanne, taught me about chasing pleasure, not orgasm. Mm-hmm. And that has been kind of my true north for sexual activity as I go forward. Isn't that beautiful that we really should be focusing more on the journey than the destination? Yes. My mom always told me that growing up, too. We even had, you know, one of the, we named all of our cars growing up. Yeah, me too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So our van, like our family van that was like the big one that we would take if all of us were going somewhere, was named Journey because she very clearly thought life is a journey, not just a destination. You know, and I am a person that also gets so excited. I love every aspect Like, I love to have sex for hours upon hours upon hours, but I also love coming, but it's like coming is not at the end of that. It's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And my favorite way to come is by surprise, you know, Um, or if someone is like edging me and controlling my orgasm, but it's that edging and it's the like, I don't know when I'm going to be allowed to come or if I'm going to be allowed to come that creates my orgasm. So, you know, I think for me, sex is really just when someone agrees with me and for me the conscious part of it is 
so important because otherwise I experience it as boundary pushing. Mm -hmm. Like when erotic energy is thrust upon me, especially from internet strangers who don't even take the time to introduce themselves. Step one, introduce thyself, especially if you're reaching out to a stranger blindly and not just with your name. Tell me about you. Why are you reaching out to me? And then like if I zoom out again, sex is just grown up play. Mm -hmm. And it's grown-up play that I'm allowed to have. And it doesn't have to be just for grown-ups, right? You know, of course, we're talking legal and consensual things, and I'm not allowed to talk to children about sex with my current credentials. Hopefully, educators can do that out there. But it's just, for me, I think another definition is just the most personal play and original creativity. It's our creative self-expression. Right. So. And I feel like within, like, culturally speaking, definitions on words can differ based on region, based on community, based on individual. And the assumptions. Exactly. And that's like a blessing and a curse in my brain where someone says a word and I'm like, I hear 14 different definitions of that word. What do you mean? And sometimes people get very annoyed if I like try to really get detailed. Pinpoint it. Yeah, I love to pinpoint stuff. And I'm learning over the course of the past five years how much people you know, they want to live in the gray area. They want to be able to say, well, yes, I said that, but I actually meant this. And to me, if you throw physical erotic interaction into the mix there, that's where we get kind of rapey. And so like, for me, that is not hot or fun. And that's where I get confused about like taboo stuff and kind of figuring out the like, like where it's like, oh, it's so naughty, but I'm like, but do you actually feel bad? And sometimes people do, and sometimes they don't. And sometimes they only feel bad when I'm like, wait, but do you really feel bad? And then I'm like, well, I didn't, but now that you pointed it out, blah, blah. So Right, right. And having that blatant conversation, like I absolutely understand can be scary for those engaged in that conversation of giving or receiving this topic of as long as we're clear on everything, I feel like it makes it even better. So much better. So much better. Because it creates safety and trust and a clear container. Absolutely. I, so maybe sexy. that's what it is. Sex to me is... We draw a really clear circle. Mm -hmm. I love circles. Mm -hmm. It could be any shape. It doesn't have to be a perfect circle. It could be a wiggly circle. It's a clear container where I know how I'm allowed to play inside of it. Right. And that's so hot to me right. and so fun because I feel like a Tasmanian sex devil that just needs permission to like... <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I'm visualizing this as we're on a farm and it has a circle gate and it's like, okay, these are the rules of it and just have fun. Yeah. Have fun. I think of it as a grown-up playground, like a jungle. I'm like, do you want to do jungle gym today? No, you want to do sandbox? Do you want to do jungle gym and sandbox and jungle gym again? Do you want to you go down the slide? Yeah. The tunnel slide? Up the slide? Down the slide? <laughs> and back up? <laughs> yeah. The agreement is a huge part of it for me, you know? And even in a recent experience where I had a crush that wanted to fuck me with their partner and I had a big crush on them and I didn't know until they were like do you want to have sex with us and I was like oh, yes you know and so it's like I need that kind of specific element and I'm learning how many people quote unquote don't need it I'm doing bunny quotes air quotes but it creates a hot container once it is there hot stuff can happen inside of it but I don't want to be in the situation where the next morning they're like oh no oh, no yeah. thank you perhaps you can relate but when I feel anxious I research and I want to get the data and I want to have a clear answer to have a better understanding of how I should process things and go from there. Yeah. And when there's a clear answer, either through me asking or data that I've collected relationally or within the situation, 
it's even better because now I have a clear answer. I do connect with people through information. This Mm -hmm. is one thing that I have learned about my brain over the past several years Mm -hmm. is it's not so much the like unspoken social signals. I don't really pick up on those, but informational stuff, whether, as you said, it's about a specific person. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love to ask people new versions of the same questions over and over again, you know, because that's how I'm gathering research, Mm -hmm. which brings me to what is sexy to you? We talked about sex, but what is sexy? Reciprocity in terms of energy or say acts of service to me acts of service speaks louder than let's say words of affirmation because it's concrete the action has been done either in a positive or a negative way and let's say in terms of working at the ranch as long as you let me know what you're looking for i can get that going but if you're showing me in the form of energy of either Money, and that's a taboo topic in itself, too. But before we go down that rabbit hole, too, reciprocity. And sometimes that's even just a listening ear. Yeah. I do feel, I mean, I don't mean to pat myself on the back here. Do pat yourself. I'm here to, okay, you can say it and then I'll I'll, I'll pat you. (laughs) I do feel like I'm a good listener. Camille is an excellent listener. Camille has listened to me talk a lot. But I love it. And you love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... Maybe that's what I miss, or perhaps I don't always get back, is the reciprocity of now it's time to talk about me or my life, that it's kind of thrown out the window or not shown the same care. It's not a whole negative that it makes me turn a 180, but it does have that realization for me of, oh, dot, dot, dot. To me, it feels like a lack of fullness in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And while I do really, really, really love providing safe spaces where people can discover themselves and like I often have the experience where my reflections and I I suspect you have the same thing Mm -hmm. will spark something in someone and oftentimes I understand right like I understand that that spark can feel so yummy and juicy inside especially if it's new it's easy to get swept up and forget that there's like a person there facilitating that experience you know and I would also imagine like context matters people relate differently depending on the type of relationship they're expecting and I know like even as a podcaster I love like going deep with people and receiving and then I'm still trying to figure out how to turn parasocial relationships or like one-off work situations into deeper friendships Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, it does have to go both ways. And sometimes people can't provide something because we all are where we are in our own journey. So it takes two to tango. So yeah, sometimes three or four. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a whole big dance party. (laughs) Need a ball going on. I, that's what I was, I'm, I'm imagining like a big ball mixed with a circle jerk, you know, where like there's the people on the inside and the people on the outside. And it's like we do the like dancing. I don't know how to dance, but like the formal dancing. Uh-huh. And then it's like the bell goes off and then we're like fucking for a little bit. Uh-huh. And then the bell goes off again. And then you switch partners and you're dancing again. That could be very fun. And we can have dance cards. Yeah. Oh, literal dance cards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mine's so full. Right, right. But you can join my puppy pile later. <laughs> that one's open. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the idea of what is sexy for Camille and the idea of reciprocity. I really relate to acts of service. I also like them when combined with words. Right. What about physical touch for you? Is that part of it? Like, is it yeah. visual things? Yeah. Like, If we're on the topic of reciprocity here, I do feel that I have, I call it touch with intent. Mm-hmm. We were taught this in nursing school and Prior to nursing school, I was not a hugger. I was not a toucher. And they taught us about therapeutic touch and how it doesn't 
have to be, you know, it, it absolutely is not inappropriate or anything like that, but it does add a layer of emotional complexity saying if a patient had a grim diagnosis or a bad day or otherwise that it's okay and it is healing to reach out and say on the shoulder saying mm. i'm really sorry to hear that mm. nowadays especially post pandemic touches aren't <laughs> we saw a lot of touch starved people after the yeah. pandemic during the pandemic and i decided to take that out into my cortisone work from a nursing perspective. And I was seeing people open up in ways that they probably wouldn't have before. I mean, granted, perhaps our clothes are off, but there is that touch with intent. And when that is flipped on me, so here we are back at reciprocity, if that's flipped back on me, it could even be like a touch on the forehead mm. or there's not the absolute intent of it's sexual. Yes. Camille is the person who recently put into my brain the idea of intimate touch versus sexual touch. And it's something that I don't think I had drawn a clear distinction before because I'm a touchy person. My whole life I've been trying to touch people less. You know, I mean, I come from a very touch heavy family in sweet normal ways you know like i'll give my sister tickles on the arm yeah. or scratches or whatever and i love giving people scratches and in high school like my best friend would sit on my lap like my mom started to think i was a lesbian because i would always just like cuddle my girlfriends but i you know i didn't know i was queer yet right and as an adult especially once i started doing sex related work first podcasting and now my whole explorations of the hierarchy so great it's so great but i'm even more self-conscious about touch and i don't know if i always know my intentions other than wanting to make people feel good and so so now i kind of err on the side of like not touching people until i have clear explicit permission when do you feel able to initiate intentional touch like what are some ways that perhaps aren't sexual mm -hmm. this is getting away from the reciprocity but maybe that's the beginning of initiation of reciprocity is leading by example i don't know i'd like to hear how you think of it yeah i have been told many times in my life that i'm the silent leader <laughs> and when people see what you're doing is making them feel good or giving them a purpose. They want to do that outward, maybe not to you, maybe for the community or otherwise. But if it's in a sexual nature and it's been flipped upon me, I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Oh, you saw it. <laughs> That's so hot. Do you have any specific examples? Like, does it all just depend or are there specific places on your body that like, especially love receiving physical touch, assuming that it's intentional, assuming that it's invited? Right. So oxytocin, that's the touch hormone. And it's one that we don't get a whole lot of because in our society, we're not very touchy. We're not, we might handshake, maybe. I feel like it's starting to be implemented back post pandemic right. here, but that really caused an avoidance for everything. And I had to learn about that too. Mm -hmm. Like I started as a Corazon in August of 2021. And so we were still wearing masks at the time. Yeah. And I came from the hospital working the pandemic where it was no touch, hand wash, six feet apart. <laughs> but then being at the ranch, I had this new uncharted waters that I could explore on what made me feel good. Mm. Again, making others feel good again. I found that my calves 
very sensitive. In what ways? Like, is it is it like soft yeah, touch, yeah. firm touch, all of it? Yeah, it can just depend. Sometimes light touch can be a little bit too light mm-hmm. and it gets a little too tickly. Mm-hmm. But if there's that, just that touch with intent, like maybe it can be in the form of a massage. My calves are have always been tense, okay. always. And also when things are getting a little spicy, my legs will lock up and I'll point my toes and I'll shorten the muscle fibers yeah. there and I always need to stretch them out. Yes, same. Perhaps that makes it more sensitive than mm-hmm. if it's maybe a little sore or what have you. That's a great place to get things going, you know, rev up that engine a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. But also like all the way down the back to like towards the spine. I also like to explain to people like what dermatomes are. What is a dermatome? Yeah, yeah. So it'd be easier with a chart, but it's our nerve endings that stem from our spinal cord. So we have dermatomes, you know, one through however many, and those will talk to different nerves and muscles within our body. So say if we have somebody with a T7 injury, we're starting to look at the dermatomes. What's T7? Oh, uh, vertebrae thoracic seven. Okay. So sorry. (laughs) You're good. It's my job to ask the questions. We're going to be looking at the dermatome chart and seeing if that's going to sustain an injury such as paralysis or nerve damage Mm. with an associated body part, such as the higher up a spinal injury is, the higher up it's going to potentially mess things up with like if you have a cervical injury all the way down can have some complications of either loss of sensation, loss of movement. So dermatomes, they also go on our fingertips as well. And I love having people play with my hands, fingertips or when I'm touching them and I get to feel their skin. Yeah. Back of the neck is also a great one, too. Oh, yeah. Back of the neck. I love touching people's faces with my fingertips, too. Like, there's something so intimate about it. And I think you put the word intimate into my brain around touch, so now it's, like, front of focus. And I just love, especially if I'm in a situation where someone... I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to just get straight to fucking and like, I love intensity. Oh, sure. Absolutely. But also when I do have the time, when someone wants to spend the time, when I find a fellow fucker, lover, whatever, who wants to like have those hours long sessions, Mm -hmm. that's when I'm like, oh, every little sensation. Life is a buffet. Why as well have a little bit of everything on that plate? I love that. I want to have the smorgasbord. And I do. I always pick sampler platters too. I mean, that's that's also like why I'm doing the whole like bucket list novelty seeking and Mm -hmm. also just talking to the one condom people recently. I'm like, oh my God, I got to line up a bunch of cocks and play with them. I don't know. Will I get a bunch of penis owners that want to do that? I don't know. I don't make the rules, but it sounds like you have to. But could you make the rules and then I would have to? (laughs) So sexiness wise, is there anything else to say? We talked about reciprocity. We talked a little bit about physical. What about like the mental component? Maybe including visual? I don't know. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Our number one sexual organ, I feel, is our brain. Our brain. If I can, here we go back to reciprocity. If I taught you something and you teach me something (gasps) back, oh my God. Gosh. I love learning. Oh my gosh. Love learning. I always feel that if I didn't learn something new today, I might as well be dead. Mm-hmm. Truly. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just a small thing yeah. of, oh, that's how they pour concrete. <laughs> that's how you burn toast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always amazed by how many things I continue to learn every day about sex, too, mm-hmm. in specific, just because that is my 
topic of focus, yeah, focus. It's your passion. It's my passion. Absolutely. It's my literal passion. I think it's all of our literal passions, you know, regardless of our relationship to it, mm-hmm. it can be our passion. Oh, absolutely. Anything yeah, else to say? Yeah, absolutely. That psychologically, even logically, emotionally, intimately brain stuff i started out in neurotrauma so like brain is my thing Mm. and understanding the physical parts but also understanding the workings inside the emotional things that come from sex or the intimate things that come from or what have you are everything gets done back from the brain because it is us it can be all sorts of things it can just be a hunk of tissue Mm. but also it could be the object that powers our earth what <laughs> well civilization oh oh the civilization power. so i see what you're saying yeah yeah and what i'm hearing in your responses are it really seems relational for you a context of whatever is sexy seems important oh absolutely absolutely yeah. like i'd like to think of it as a as a triangle so mm-hmm. it has this my foundation would be there is an intimate connection we've had time to talk We've had time to understand what you like, what I like, what you might not like, what I might not like either, because those are important conversations. And I love that we have to touch upon those important factors, because now I can paint a picture of an experience that we're both going to have together that is sexy. And that can have different definitions for different people. And as long as I know your definition, and it aligns with a definition of mine, we're golden. It's at least an exploration, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like, we don't always know what we're going to find, especially in a scenario that's new. Mm-hmm. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health. But if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out bluechew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice, so I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know? The Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people. This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities. 
all thanks to Flora. As life's routine settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Floor's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor App celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. I'm like dying to ask you about the bouncy ball. Like this is, I know that this is kind of like out of order, but like, was that sexy for you? And also like, did you get erotic stimulation from it? Like what is the bouncy ball like? And what was it like to have someone be like, this is sexy for me? Right. I was a rather new courtesan and I received an email from a potential client. He's been here before Mm -hmm. and he said that his thing is to hop on a hop 66 ball and he likes to hop on it no no he likes the lady to (gasps) hop on it yeah excuse me (laughs) and i was like okay and especially with my newness as a courtesan i felt like i'm given this opportunity why shouldn't i try it so cool (laughs) i don't think i would have any other instance in my civilian life that this would pop up And this was kind of given to me in my life. It's like, I feel like I should always give something a try three times. Me too. To figure out if I like it. Yes. And he wanted me naked on this Hop 66 ball. And he wanted me to hop on it. We... I was in my room and I was just hopping along. I would go back and forth and sometimes I would do 360s and I would face one way and face the other way. I'd make eye contact and I did get a little bit of stimulation like sitting there with the handle between my legs and I would just hop, hop, hop and he wanted me to go higher and I went higher and then he'd want me to go a little bit lower. We can do that. And he would tell you? Yeah. Oh, I love yeah, that. There was a little bit of coaching there but he let me know what he wanted. Oh, and which is so sexy. <laughs> I want to film that in slow mo, or do I right? want to be hopping on it in slow? I want to do it outside. How did you know it was clean? Did you like alcohol? Oh, he it? was like- so kind. He brought his own wipes, and he, whenever it would touch the floor or the handle would go in one direction, touch the floor, we would disinfect it. And I thought, wow, we've got safety. We're consensual here. We're having fun. This is wonderful. I want to update our dance fantasy 
And now the inside people are all on Hot 66 Balls. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm like, could they be a potential sponsor? Right. And Damn. he's been a repeater, and every time it's a whole lot of fun. That's so cool. Yeah, he'll bring the Hop 66 Ball inside his backpack, mm-hmm. and when... Deflated. Right, okay. right, exactly. And when it's time to get going, he'll inflate it with a foot pump, and he's so kind. Every time it goes through any sort of steps, it gets disinfected. <sighs> That's amazing. Isn't it quite cool? That's so cool. I think I think also just like what is sexy to me is people knowing what they like. You know, like that Honestly. I'm like I'm like, wow. And people maybe like me, I don't know exactly I don't know everything I like. I know I like a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and I know I'm curious. And that kind of like openness and the willingness to explore and the willingness to discover, right. like discovery in right. real time with another person is so sexy. Right. And that's attractive too, because I also have that thought where it's like, I don't think I found it yet. But when I see people and they have found it whatever it is i think wow that is so wonderful i'm so happy for you you know what you want thank you for bringing me on this adventure yeah yeah sexier otherwise oh i fucking love that (laughs) would you tell us what was your sex ed like and then what has your experience as a person who does educate people in various ways been like yeah so i uh, grew up in arizona and there within the legislation, it is abstinence only sexual mm. education. And if we're all right for story time right now, I remember that there was a time where we were given this abstinence only curriculum. We had a portion where we could write an anonymous question to the instructor mm-hmm. and it would be answered in front of the class. Because if you had a question, others probably did as well. Yeah. And I absolutely know the answer now, but I had just learned these terms of masturbation and oral sex. And now I know they are different things. I had asked them in question form, is oral sex the same as masturbation? And they saw my paper, they had it in this little folder, they pulled it out, read it to themselves. And they just looked up at the class and said, so we have this question here and it says that is blank the same as masturbation. And my question was not answered. They (gasps) told me to go talk to a trusted adult. And foundationally, my parents are awesome. They were the ones who taught me about sex ed. I come from a medical background, and they were very open with if I had any questions. It wasn't frills or anything like that. And that fired up within me. It's like, I have questions. I have questions, and it's not being answered. So I'm going to go find it elsewhere in the form of the internet, (laughs) which I feel like a lot of us did because we had questions. So growing up within the the school setting, I feel like it could have been a lot better. Mm. And I do see this often at the ranch where people have these misunderstandings, not from their own faults, but just from the fault of their community Mm -hmm. that they don't have these I would say fundamental understandings of things in terms of safety, in terms of what consent is, what respect is, what responsibility is yeah. sexually, yeah. or even in a relationship. Or even how their body works. Oh, Their absolutely. bodies, their minds, their hearts, like the concert yeah. of all of those things. Yeah. If you're a virgin, I love to have a little hands-on show and tell. <sighs> Everybody gets a little anatomy lesson. Don't you wish we all had that kind of training from yeah. someone who's older and wiser? I mean, some of the best stories I've heard about first experiences are from people who had an older, wiser person show them things, which mm-hmm. 
It's interesting to note that penis owners often are very, very enthusiastic about mm -hmm. like, oh, this older woman showed me something. Uh -huh. Whereas like the reverse, when we have a younger woman with an older man, there is some, even though it's mm -hmm. very normal, right. there's some sort of like, oh, I don't know, like a little shamey vibes to it sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I love that. Okay, so show and tell, hands on. Yeah, yeah. And I, one of my favorite activities is fingering. Mm -hmm. And we mm -hmm. do it in a safe way, either they're wearing gloves or little finger condoms. Mm -hmm. I have them insert a finger or two inside me and we get to explore around a little bit. And within that exploration, I like to show them where my G spot is. And I tell them that the G spot is also the urethral sheath because it is the back door, so to speak, on where your urethra is. If you're going up, that's where the urethra is. And Within a lot of stimulation of that, a lady can lose control of her bladders, which can cause squirt. Now, if you're having such a great time that you're losing control of your bladder, and or if you pee during sex, great! Yeah. <laughs> that means you're having a good time, or, well, not a full, like, hard rule that that's a good time, but I feel like as long as people know what's going on, it's totally okay. But I do like to let them know that that's what it is. It's not just this magical fluid that comes. I mean, there is a skein's gland, and that can produce about a, a table little bit. A little bit. A but little bit. The well, big gushes you see in porn, not this magical glitter fluid. Yeah, yeah. And my understanding is that it's not coming out of the urethra. It's coming through the sponge? Both. Yeah. Both. Okay. So with me, if there's a lot of G-spot stimulation, I will straight up lose control of my bladder. Yeah. And okay. then it just, it gets everywhere. Yeah, and yeah. that's totally fine. But I just want to let them know that if that's where we're headed, that's what it, it is. And if you're not okay with that, let's try something else. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so fun. Has that ever like influenced a negotiation in some direction for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That... If they're looking for squirting or if they're looking for manual stimulation on me, I will let them know what's working for me and what's not working for me. And quick shout out here that our days at the ranch would be far too long if we didn't get to enjoy ourselves too. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we get to enjoy ourselves, but I'm very vocal on what's working for me and what's not. Amazing. So I need to let them know that when I need to be hydrated i yeah. need to make sure that that's going on i also need to make sure that their fingernails are in proper condition yeah, yeah. very important <laughs> and that if this happens that's what it is and i can only count on a couple of fingers on where that's backpedaled of like oh no that's urine that's not what i want but otherwise people are pretty gun ho i was gonna say also like golden showers are a thing or, mm -hmm. or not even a golden shower but any sort of like pee play like yeah. it's very much a thing mm -hmm. are there any other common gaps you notice in sex ed maybe through the work you do at the ranch oh sure sure not that it happens all too often but sometimes once in a blue moon there are those who are really not listening to the rules i will always sit down and have a conversation with people i call it the safety chat mm -hmm. they've had the genital check we've both they've had their shower i tell them you can meet me out here and we'll have a little safety chat and that's just ex explaining what their boundaries are and what my boundaries are if they're allergic to latex if they're allergic to almonds um or almond play <laughs> <laughs> Some, sometimes there's an almond derivative in lubes yeah. so i make sure that there's no like topical allergies or anything okay. like that but 
if they're not adhering to the rules that we've had in place, I like to think that there's a three strikes and you're out. Mm. There's always a gentle reminder, a firmer reminder, and then you're out of there. Yeah. That's happened very, very rarely, thankfully. But then I have to reflect over on, did they get any education on what these respectful boundaries are? Yeah. Or are they just a boundary pusher? Right. Right. Which exists. That exists. That's some people's turn on what I've learned in some strange ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or in terms of these gaps, sometimes it's just basic anatomy mm. or seeing a vulva for the first time. Of <laughs> We come in all different shapes and sizes and colors, and they're all beautiful. Yeah. Same with penises. Yeah. In terms of the penis, different shapes mm. and sizes and colors, mm. they're all okay. I've seen penises where they have a 90-degree bend in them. And they How do you were, play with that? Right? Oh, what were you going to say? No, no, no. You play with it at an angle. <laughs> that, <laughs> Good that's answer. what sex is. I feel it's it's a angles and rhythm game mm. if we're getting in terms of the grind. Yeah, yeah. And since my anatomy differs from different people and their anatomy differs from different people, yeah. You just have to figure out this dance of what works for you both. And that's what makes it delicious every time is that learning process. Isn't it neat? so cool. (laughs) So we're going to find different positions. We're going to find different touches. We're going to find different sensations to play around with. What about in the genital inspection? Have you encountered maybe things you wish people knew in the course of that part of the process? Absolutely. I do see it in cultures where maybe they just didn't talk about genital hygiene, say those who are uncircumcised, maybe they just weren't taught to push that foreskin back and clean with soap and water before pushing it back down. And there have been a couple of times, more than a couple of times, where I'll, during the inspection, retract the foreskin and there is candida, there's a yeast infection. And I take it as a moment for education that this is a learning opportunity, that we did have the negotiation we're about to book. I'm a little bummed, but also this is a learning opportunity that when I see white specks all over the head of the penis that might need a doctor's help here. And also, let's wash with soap and water. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But maybe they just weren't told that. Yeah. I can't just assume that they're a dirty individual. They were very respectful throughout the entire process, and it was just a surprise. Absolutely. If someone's mm-hmm. going all the way there and mm-hmm. going to the level of effort, it's not like they're, I would imagine, there to like hoodwink you or anything right, or to right. like show off a, right. you know. <laughs> and I feel like it is not the time to invoke shame or embarrassment. Yeah. The process of getting into the brothel is already scary enough. Yeah. So. This is a learning opportunity, totally fine. And maybe they'll take that information out into the world and they'll Share act with upon their friends. It. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Probably not, but like maybe, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, or maybe they've never seen what jock itch looks like and they were sitting in a hot car all day mm. and whoop. What does it look like for those of us who maybe don't know? Yeah, to me, it looks like a shadow. It's very prominent in the lines that it's red or darker in color than the usual skin tone. And it'll stem from the inner thigh and the crotch area and kind of radiate down. It almost looks like a shell, like a seashell that Mm. goes down the legs with prominent outlines. 
That's a fungal, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. It's also candida. Okay. It's in a different form. Mm, damn. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. How do you recommend people talk about that with their partners? If there is something that comes up or a bump or a lump or a something, like what, yeah. what sort of tones, what sort of phrases do you use? Say the genital checks at the ranch. I'm not allowed to assess or diagnose, even though I might have the medical know-how I I don't have. It's a different job. It's a different job. (laughs) I can't say like, yeah, that is definitely molluscum or that is definitely HSV. I can't say that. So I'll say that I do see an area of concern here that I might not be comfortable with at this moment, but I do encourage you to just have it looked at and come on back when it clears up. And that opens up the invitation for later Mm. and not saying that this is the hard stop no more yeah from here no i'd be more than happy to see them again just in a safer way yeah and that's what makes it sexy right that yeah. as long as it's safe and we do have mandated barrier practices that we have to adhere to at the ranch of course i would hope so uh, right and we have to go by that i mean we started the condom use in 1986 during the aids epidemic and when that happened, there was a lot of pushback of like, oh my gosh, no, we've, I mean, Sherry's has been around since the seventies and there was pushback saying like, you know what, this is not how we do it. This is not how we do it. But we adapted. I mean, I wasn't there in the eighties, but (laughs) they adapted. And since then there hasn't been a positive cage of HIV emerged from a legal brothel. And to me that is sexy because it's hard numbers. It's not just a rumor or anything like that. It's hard evidence and gosh that makes it sexy yeah it really does you know i was home for thanksgiving recently and telling my family about some of the research i'm doing and some of the ladies who i know who work at the ranch and one of my family members was like aren't they worried about you know getting something like catching something health and safety and i was like well actually they're a whole lot more safer than swingers and people at sex parties Mm -hmm. based on my my knowledge my experience like the sex workers that I know take health and safety very seriously. And we've if we brought those kind of like testing standards into the regular, I don't know, the civilian world, yeah. like if we got tested out in the world the way that porn stars do even, yeah. you know, on a biweekly basis, mm-hmm. and that would be so hot. And of course, we would also have to address accessibility and right. have spaces where that's possible and get right. over a lot of right. political stigma and stuff. But yeah. Don't even get me started on under-resourced communities. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah. So in your perfect world, what would sex ed look like? Yeah, it would start from a very young age Mm -hmm. in an age-appropriate way. Mm -hmm. We have questions and there are tactful ways of giving them that information without being, um, I'm going to use the the word obscene here. Mm -hmm. Not that it is obscene, but there's just a good way to deliver that information in a scientific evidence-based practice way. (laughs) Yeah, with also maybe an emotional component that helps us smash that. I just think of the number of people who I've spoken to who had horrible experiences at extremely young ages, Mm -hmm. you know, because I've definitely talked to friends and family members and people that are like, well, it's not like I'm going to talk about it with my child who is four. And I'm like, well, maybe you should reconsider that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to shoot on you. But the way I say it is like, yeah, that's a good point. You know, I understand that people have concerns about young ages. However, here are my anecdotal stories with Mm -hmm. people who 
had no information at those young ages and it led to these difficult experiences that caused future trauma. Right. And I feel like we're really having to play catch up in that aspect. Like that's one of the reasons why my job is sexy is I get to teach and I get to educate in a sexy way. Best sexy <laughs> Right. But even within the education I'm in right now, we have a cohort that is in Amsterdam right now and they're working with young kids mm-hmm. in their sexual education and they are reporting back and finding that it is so liberating Mm -hmm. that they're talking about this so openly because kids are smart kids Kids are are smart smart. and they have very curious questions because they're curious just as i am just as you are and they have bodies (laughs) that feel stuff exactly exactly and they just want to know how to process this information or have some guidance. I feel like when we're asking for help and it's just shut down of like, oh, we don't talk about sex. We don't talk about those feelings. It only adds a layer of resentment. And fear and then like a desire to go forth and conquer or, you know, explore nonetheless. Exactly. And, you know, skip the birth control. Like, right. that's, which yeah. is scary. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay, so starting at a younger age, any other pieces that you would like put in your perfect sex? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. I have a daydream of like if within the legislation if we were able to have more accessibility or if the world were to have more accessibility to sex work legal sex work safe sex work like for example my dream of if it were only covered by insurance exactly exactly (laughs) oh i wonder what those notes would look like like writing to insurance oh my god well i mean even what do the therapy notes look like like even if it was i mean i think a lot of plans have like 12 sessions a year which i Mm -hmm. think is not Not enough enough. definitely not enough but even if we had that like if someone knew if i knew that i would definitely get fucked in a safe compassionate way Mm -hmm. once a month i'd be able to focus so much better and if i knew it was like once a week or every other week i would be fucking flying right like that would make such a huge difference in my life and knowing that that date is coming up yes something to look forward to something to prepare for something where i could like you know, report back, whether it's the same provider or different providers, you know, that's where I think it could be a different sort of therapy. That, that's my dream. And then right. like a sex camp where I could go right. and like learn special things. Yeah. To me, it's always in a library because I always feel that libraries are so underutilized. Yeah. There's so many great resources, yeah. like checking out books or regardless that what if you wanted to try a certain subject and you get to learn on that in a hands-on way? I can't remember what library it was, but they have like the human experience like workshop where you can sit down and have a conversation with somebody who's had a different experience from you. They were a firefighter. They were around during World War II. They were around for the civil rights movement. And you have that conversation with somebody but what if you had a hands-on workshop with a sex worker who can give you that information in a safe way and with tools that are right (laughs) not not right but um accurate to what the body needs yeah 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 and they can take that off into the world with their knowledge and spread it around i mean it certainly would bring a new meaning to like the idea that knowledge is sexy (laughs) like Mm -hmm. like like libraries a whole new oh my gosh right (laughs) damn oh what about you what would your sex education look like in my perfect world there are spaces in every major city so ideally Mm -hmm. within an hour car ride of any locale in any place and imagine you know there's a educational component that looks like a museum Mm -hmm. so 
and that place also has workshop space and also has the best gift shop ever. <gasps> and then there is a play space up above or below or maybe in a separate building. But the idea of how I would organize the museum is to be age appropriate. You know, so you have literal different levels and so designed for families. And then when you get up into like the teen years, maybe they do want to come by themselves. You know, maybe they're not, not in the literal uh, organ right, sense, right, but right. like maybe that's a place where teenagers could go and have a date so that they could learn. Mm -hmm. And there are trusted adults to talk to. Obviously there'd have to be parental signatures in the mm -hmm. country we live in, but like, I think this idea that kids can't know is so harmful, and I think it, it creates such a strange, such a strange dynamic. And I understand that it comes from the discomfort that many adults have of not knowing how to address this subject themselves with their partners. How the fuck do they need to... Nobody taught us how to talk to kids about this. And so for me, all of the best education comes in entertaining experiences. What if we used the power that we have nowadays to harness dopamine, like to harness that attention, and to turn it towards things that would help our physical 3D bodies experience the world better? And so for me, it also looks holistic, right? Like sex is never just sex. Like you said, it's our brains. And what makes our brains function? Well, sleep, good food, exercise. I know these are things that people like roll their eyes. I'm like, well, how could we possibly? But it's like, well, I mean, yeah, maybe we need a societal overhaul to make sure that those priorities that like bring us pleasure actually are available. Maybe we need to be talking more about what lifestyles look like that can help people, you know, be on paths that veer away from deep anxiety and depression and all the hard things that come with screen addictions or sedentary lifestyles or processed foods and all of that, you know? And so I think for me, I'm also always operating in the realm of the positive, not the negative. So I'm like, for myself, setting up a life where I eat delicious, nutritious food yeah. and find ways that are pleasing to me to move my body and find, you know, I've spent the last five or six years researching types of communication that help me connect with people. And that's something that I am always working on and I continue to find a challenge but opening up those resources in a place where people can browse on their own and then there are workshops regular workshops probably on the weekends so that you know at times where people can come and be and then maybe in the mornings there's yoga classes there like I, like I really see and if there was a space like that that was basically like you know as common as a Starbucks that would be ideal. Like if that, and if sex shops were that common and maybe mixed in with good food, I don't know, you know, and I dream of then having a larger space, probably out in the middle of the desert. Like, I, but again, this would take huge political will, big dollars. But I'm like, what if there were a space where this is the grownups section and then this is the family friendly section. And during the day, you know, this is the part where we focus on non-sexual creativity and art because I really think that sex is our original creativity and then over there that's where the grown-ups get to go learn and play and maybe have sex workers who come in for that threesome or who are teaching the workshop or maybe there is an event for swingers or open people that starts with a human connection that starts with ground rules and I know there are some spaces who do this really well I've been interviewing people and learning about that but where you know the use of dental dams or laurels and condoms is normalized mm -hmm. because that's my biggest problem with play spaces is it's like yeah 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 be safe use protection get consent but it's like I need more explicit discussion about what that is like and I think working that into the event working that into the space and then having it supported by everyone who works there you know mm -hmm. at the largest level I'm like yes it's a giant creativity resort you know mixed the, where the kids are safely taken care of where they get to practice kind of the Montessori or Waldorf style schooling right. and then everyone gets to kind of 
you know, live in a world where it's safe and judgment-free or whatever. Judgment is a human thing. It comes mm-hmm. up, but inevitably we would be able to discover how to deal with the pokey parts of humanity. You right, know? right. And overall, you're giving them tools. Yeah. In my mind, it's similar to a science museum mm-hmm. where you have, exactly. feel free it to is. look, feel free to touch. Yes. As long as you respect the exhibit yeah. and you want to learn, you're welcome here. And that's the type of stuff that I'm like, well, I don't, I don't have the budget or the bandwidth or enough patrons yet to make that happen. But what I'm moving toward, I think, and I don't know how to balance this with the work that I do on the podcast, Mm -hmm. is as I cross off my bucket list, I want to invite people who are comfortable to join me in that way Mm -hmm. so that I can be the exhibit myself and be an example and be like, no, 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 I promise. Edurotic entertainment, it's the way of the future so that we can have, you know, some Uh sort of connection. Because I hear from so many people who are struggling with basic human connection beyond touch, but touch Mm -hmm. is a huge part of that. And you know, I also know many people who like get the touch, but they are just sort of want to have this like eyes closed, like casual, like I don't even want to, you know, it's mm-hmm. just stranger sex and learn, you know, when I talk to them more deeply, it's because, oh, they don't feel good enough in this way, or they want to be accepted in that way. And there's fear, which I also relate to, you know, yeah. that alienation. Absolutely. So yeah, so at the largest level, I'm like, yes, there are online components and it's integrated with, you know, we would need one of the major tech companies to kind of hop on board so that we could, <laughs> and then the education classes and it's like you get you get your you know little badges and you're allowed into certain spaces Mm -hmm. when you have this certain level of education and it's all relational right so Mm -hmm. there's at least two people vouching for every other person so there's Mm -hmm. you know basically I, I spend a lot of time noodling on ways to kind of bring back some of the social expectation that has been I think lost with the rise of the internet where people feel free to just be very very rude Mm -hmm. you know and as much as I like spaces like FetLife where people are free to kind of like share their kinks and let their freak flags fly like Mm -hmm. I really feel like I'm experiencing a lot of imbalance in the sense of I'm public Mm -hmm. or at least Y.O.L.E. is public right and I get a lot of messages from people who are like, why? Oh, I love you. Um, I'm not even going to tell you my real name. I am married. And like, I, this is obviously has to be a secret, but like, do you want to go on a date? And I'm like, well, no. Like, if you won't even be a guest on sex stories with an alias, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, so as much as I like spaces like FetLife where people are free to be themselves, I'm like, but hey, everyone who works at a corporation and couldn't possibly, if we were all honest about what we were doing in respectful ways, they can't fire us all, right. you know, especially people at the middle and lower tiers, like they can't function without all of us. And I think mm-hmm. the society that we're in is just ridiculous. So there's a long winded answer to say, I have many layers of this dream. And also mm-hmm. I didn't even get to my mobile dungeon playship. So, you know, and that, and that would be the roaming one to kind of fill in the gaps. Cause obviously we could only start in one giant location, maybe the giant location first, maybe little locations first. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just playships first and have those kind of like roving around like, like a book fair used to. I think it's beautiful, especially in this holistic view. Yeah. I mean, they talk about that in nursing all the time. It's holistic. Mm. It's holistic. On the patient end of things, I'm trying to find out what their goals are and pull from different resources right. on what they need. If it's physical therapy, occupational therapy, if they need music therapy, yeah. what have you. And in this holistic view of sex, let me know what your goals are and I will pull from different resources so yeah. we can get you to where you want to be. Yeah. And, you know, and think about too the impact that if we lived in a world where holistic health were actually valued, it would completely impact and disrupt. And I understand that's why it's not happening mm-hmm. the way that our 
medical industry works, the way that the pharmaceutical industry works, the way that... Tell me about it. I know. I know you know. You know, and so these are all big dreams. We'll see how far I can get to, how far I can go. I would obviously need a business partner with much better social skills and huge budgets. (laughs) But a girl can dream, you know, and... The more basic level that feels more accessible to me is my future sci-fi sex ed feature film musical Mission 69, which is all about making taking care of each other the norm, which is not part of our culture, which I think is very sad. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, I'm trying to figure out how to do the podcast and maybe also just do TikTok versions. I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And battling censorship, you know, so Mm -hmm. yeah, in my perfect world, the legislators who... I understand they believe that they are well-intentioned by blocking information, and I just really wonder what it would be like to sit down with them and have a conversation to be like, hey, do you realize the amount of harm that is coming out of this silence? Mm -hmm. Silence begets violence and cycles of it. Mm -hmm. So tell me about it. Damn. Okay, so we've already gotten some delicious details about your work, but I'd love to hear, like, how important is sex in your life? And how are you making the world a sexier, more loving place? Yeah. So many may not have known either coming from the ranch or otherwise, but before I started working at Cherry's, I only had one sexual partner Mm. and I began to go through trial and error on what was working for me and what wasn't working for me in your sex life, in my sex life. And so I kind of put myself in this own container of, oh, don't. Camille's the quiet one. Mm. Camille doesn't do stuff like that. What would people think if Camille did this? (laughs) But in regards to the importance of sex, it has had this gradual incline in my life that when I had that realization of this feels good and this feels good that I can provide for people. Mm. It used to be on the lower end of things like three-ish maybe (laughs) because I was just so oriented on other things like, my other work or perhaps my own internal shame of like, I don't want that to go any higher. Like I've heard about things where those who have say on a scale of zero to 10, if they're on the higher end of that scale, then, you know, stigma, stigma, stigma. And when I just took this total 180 to take this jump to go into the ranch, I thought, wow, it can be higher. And that's great. It's so great. I would say it's very important. It's important for me to taste the different flavors of life and look within myself on what is happy for me, what is creative for me, what is logistical for me. Mm. And integrating that within the sexual aspect of things that wow, I get to use the tools that I have and spread knowledge (laughs) and spread experiences in a safe way, in a clean way, in a sexy way. (laughs) Maybe also spread some butt cheeks, spread some legs. Yeah, you know, whatever, right? (laughs) Whatever, anything goes. (laughs) Lots of spreads. That was a beautiful thing that I understood through my sex work. I didn't hear about the things like the Kinsey Institute until after I started sex work. And I thought, wow either through my own experience or the hard data, anything goes, anything goes. And we're all wanting to experience these different flavors of life, but we're not talking about it. Mm -hmm. We're just internalizing it. And it's not until somebody is sitting down such as this and talking about it. And that's when the shame meter was starting to go down. And I was like, wow, anything does go. 
And it's great. <laughs> Making the world a sexier, more loving place by helping people experience pleasure and joy and learning and welcoming things that might be shamed in other places. How did you get here? How did you go from one partner out yeah. in the wild to a brothel? And then, like, when did you realize you were bisexual? Right. So I've been asked this question a lot because people hear that I am a nurse mm -hmm. and it really was the pandemic. Mm. I was so burned out. And maybe you've heard of the term compassion fatigue or mm -hmm. social fatigue. And I had learned about the ranches out in Nevada. And I was like, cool. How did you learn about them? It must have been through like a little segment on YouTube, like okay. a little like five minute documentary. I can't pinpoint when because when I started that, then I wanted to learn everything about it just because it was so interesting. It Relatable. Was, yeah. <laughs> where it just was different. It was different and it was so close to mm. where I was. Mm. And I thought, wow, this is a thing. Like I always thought that it was it was illegal. It was otherwise, and it was just framed in such a great way that this is a thing and it provides a lot of benefits for everybody involved. So I kind of shrugged it off and said, great, not for me. <laughs> like Camille doesn't do that. Camille wouldn't do that. Camille's quiet and Camille, responsible. I'm, but honestly, it's the quiet ones. It's like the quiet <laughs> ones you have to look out for. <laughs> but that was before the pandemic. And when things started to really get a little bit on the decline in terms of the pandemic, I worked through 2020 and the majority of 2021. And I thought that I need to take a step back. I need to take a step back. And this was always on the back burner. And I thought, I give, I'll give it a try. A part of me is also realizing, did I just have like a screw it moment? Like, screw it, the world's ending. I'm going to do this instead. Yeah. But I also felt like I got into a profession of caring where I wasn't able to care for people in ways that I wanted to. Yeah. There's a lot of my nursing aspects that go into sex work. Of course, sex work never, ever, ever, ever goes into my nursing work. Right. But I was able to pull a lot of that into my sex work that wasn't even sexual, that provided a listening ear. Mm. And I was so surprised to find out when I got started of how much it is of just therapeutic talk and touch. Mm. And then it can escalate into other things. Mm. And sometimes you just get people where they're just like, I want a five-minute quickie and, like, no talking. It's like, fine, sure, no worries. <laughs> so it was always on the back burner. I took a look around at all the different ranches that are in Nevada and the different counties and what their legislation is. And I found that the best fit for me was at Cherry's. Mm -hmm. I applied. I was so surprised because it was just like applying for any other job. Okay. There's an online form, and we give some details about ourselves. We provide a few pictures. But I also went this is probably faux pas by now, but I also reached out to our madam as well, like an extra layer, mm -hmm. because I just had no clue on how this all works. Mm -hmm. there's, there's not a manual on how any of this sex work, legal sex work. Really no, there's not. No. no, there's not. And that's why I am researching the hierarchy, because I'm like, what the fuck is happening with sex and commerce? Oh, social skills are a part of all that. Lying is part of it. <gasps> Honesty is a part of it. I don't get it. Yeah, okay. yeah exactly. Exactly. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to uh, try and talk to a person rather than talk to an online form. And yeah. it just goes out into 
Who knows? Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> if this was in a physical mail form, did it just, like, go into a mailbox slot that is just, like, yeah. question mark? <laughs> so I feel like I, I reached out to her because I wanted to at least let him know that my application was in, but also provide a space where I could talk a little bit more about myself. Yeah. And I was accepted. And I thought, oh, okay. I was asked, like, can you come in next week? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fast. Yeah. Did you? I did. I did. Because I I had already pulled away from my nursing job a little bit. I was just too tired. Yeah. And I had this free time available, and I was ready to take that leap. And from my understanding, they had opened up in May of 2021 after, I believe it was an 18-month closure or 16-month closure Nevada-wide due to the pandemic. And when I got there, it was so different in a good way, in a good way. How so? Different from what? From my usual 12-hour shift nursing work (laughs) that we are independent contractors. And I'll use another analogy here. (laughs) So in my nursing life, let's say I'm so good at putting in IVs. Yeah. So good. Like, I I, I got you. So you could do needle play. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> but not at the ranch, right? Because fluid. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. That's blood, bloodborne pathogens. Yeah. But there is an absolutely safe way to do it at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I can do like ultrasound IV where we can look inside your arm and we don't have to go digging around too much. If you have hidden veins, we can go get them. My veins are out loud. Yes, they're, they're like, hi, we're nice. here. We're green. We're poking out. Yeah. <laughs> Which turn on vasculature. Oh, <gasps> love those veins. Like if I can get a 16 gauge IV in with like a blindfold and just go, oh, with 16 big or small? Big. Okay. Yeah. So the, the smaller the number, the bigger the the opening is. Okay. Okay. But whenever I would chart it out, that would get billed to the patient mm-hmm. and I would, I do make hourly as a nurse mm-hmm. and I wouldn't, see any of it really Mm. i would get my hourly and that was it and i was wishing that i could have some sort of value or merit behind what i did and so being an independent contractor was really appealing that we could name our own price and we could have our own boundaries and our own areas that we could specialize you're allowed to be a person exactly a regular sexual person well maybe not regular i don't know none of us are regular (laughs) one of my favorite stories is when i first got started i wasn't on the floor quite yet and i was just hanging in a lady's room and there i got so much help along the way and it was very 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 great environment to start learning especially and that's exactly what i needed i had no idea on how any of this worked and this lady got a call while i was in the room and she got a request so that's when we go out to the bar to meet somebody if we were asked or summoned okay so like the ranch calls her <laughs> exactly okay. exactly on uh, phones in her room okay and it's like blah, blah, blah is requesting you and she said no thank you and hung up and i that just blew my mind that just blew my mind that you can just say no and the world doesn't explode (laughs) that it's okay that you can work within your own comfort level and we are allowed you know to refuse assignments or refuse 
procedures if we don't feel comfortable with them within Mm -hmm. the healthcare setting. Mm -hmm. But you just don't want to be that person because we are so short-staffed and resources were already spread so thin that everybody had to pull their weight and everybody was, I don't mean to speak for everybody, but everybody was miserable. Yeah. Miserable. Yeah. Patients were miserable. Healthcare staff was miserable. Families were miserable. The population was miserable. (laughs) But that just blew my mind that you could say no. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. You can give things a try if you want to, as long as it's safe. And like, say with the genital check, if even if you see something that's questionable, like maybe it doesn't have a firm diagnosis or you can get a second opinion. And if it's just a big question mark, Mm -hmm. it's okay to say no, Mm. because that's all about being independent and being safe. That's amazing. Isn't it cool? That's That's so hot. (laughs) And I got started and I got a lot, a lot of help along the way, but it really reframed my way of thinking through the past stigmas I had around sex work of like, oh my gosh, these are some of the most brilliant people I know now because of we're just so dynamic, we're so talented, we're so smart, and we're loving what we do. We're here on our own fruition, and it shows. It shows. And we have a heck of a lot of fun doing it, too. Amazing. So you went in just fully by yourself? Fully by myself. I didn't have any referrals or any word of mouth. It was just based on what I was able to scavenge up from the internet. Wow. Were there other new ladies starting at the same time as you? Not that I remember. I didn't get a formal orientation. I know that it was pretty sparse that week in terms of like other ladies there because things were just opening up not too long ago. And I just kind of showed up and I don't even know if I was supposed to like if it was communicated that I was supposed to be there that week, but they said, Oh, Oh, you're here. Well, sure. Come on in. (laughs) And the first party was like five minutes after I hopped on to the bar floor. So you booked a client right away, basically. Yeah, like Whoa. talk about baptism by fire. <laughs> oh my God, what was that like? Yeah. Was your nervous system like, ah! <laughs> I had a very simple wardrobe of what I thought I would want to wear. Because mm-hmm. previously I was, you know, just in scrubs, scrubs, civilian clothes, whatever. <laughs> Sometimes nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> and... I was walking out to the bar because I had cleared that day and my room was all ready to go. What is cleared? Oh, right. Uh, Medically cleared. Medically cleared and cleared with the sheriff's department that we're fingerprinted quarterly and given a background check to make sure that um, we don't have any new felonies under our belt. Because within Mm -hmm. Nye County, we can't work with any felonies under our Mm -hmm. belt. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes there are other stipulations, like if you're behind on child support payments, Mm -hmm. then you can't. They're just different rules for different counties. Mm. So I medically cleared within the ranch. We test for HIV, chlamydia, syphilis, and gonorrhea. Mm -hmm. And that's through blood draw and cervical swab. Mm -hmm. So that gets cleared. Cleared with the sheriff's department. My room's all ready to go. Okay. Now we're stepping on the bar floor. Because there's no I don't have a clientele. I don't have a clientele, so it's time to go into the bar and go make some friends. (laughs) And I get eye contact with an individual and I just continue walking because I don't know the rules of how the bar works quite yet. I don't want to do any dirty hustle or Mm. anything like that. And another woman approaches him and points to me and says, do you want to talk to her? 
He says, yes. I was wearing a red dress. What a babe of a week woman. Uh, that, uh, that's what I was thinking. He's like, gosh, thank you so much. Yeah. That. And that really set the environment of like, we uplift here. Yeah. We support each other. We see each other in our post-sex robes and we cheer that on <laughs> and hear the stories <laughs> right right and it's just wonderful so we went back to my room and it was refreshing to hear that i could just talk about it so blatantly and i, I mean that in terms of like sexual activity yeah. how was that for you like fresh in and also like it's you had experience with one person at that point right right that it was refreshing it yeah. was just refreshing asking him what he was looking for and how I can help with that. Mm. And mm. <laughs> set a price. We booked. And I was just going based on what I was taught of, okay, now it's time for the general check. We go book in the office. We'll go back to my room. We'll get you showered. And for 30 seconds with soap and water, please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to uh, have a little safety chat and then we'll just go. And everybody has to like dip their toes in a little bit. And it went fine. It wasn't scary. It wasn't scary at all. And I could understand that for those who do come in, it is a little intimidating. There is that aspect of the unknown. Yeah. Because that information isn't out there unless you go looking for it right. or unless you come all the way in. Right. And there's just no way to know. Yeah, there's no yeah. way to know about how things go without, say, previously emailing. And even then, we only, can only give in so much information. Right. What are you allowed to share? What are you not allowed to share? Yeah. So if you're wanting to reach out to a lady at the ranch, we can talk about most things. We can't talk about prices. Mm -hmm. And that's just within the legislation. I wish we could talk about prices. Mm. But if you have a certain lady in mind, it is totally acceptable to see if the fantasy you have in mind with intention. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to think that you can just open up a conversation just for the conversation's sake. As much as I love conversation, right, right. I'd like to say that more for in person right. at the ranch. I just feel like it's more intimate that way. Yeah. My understanding of talking to ladies also is that they could say, yes, I'll do this. No, I won't do this. And exactly. the specifics have to happen because activity is part of the conversation. And exactly. that's part of the no-no. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. We do get a lot of questions about the ranch and how it, it's all processed, like mm -hmm. how what to expect when you get here. Mm -hmm. And that can just differ from person to person. Yeah. And sometimes it's just so, I wish I could just give this information. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes things just have to wait until you come to the ranch. Yeah. But from there, I feel like the scariest thing is just getting through the front door. Mm. As long as you get in through the front door, then you're my guest. You're here with me. I can help you out. Yeah, I'll take care of them. Right. So in terms of emails, I would say take a look at the website, email a couple of ladies you have in mind. Sometimes it can be a scheduling thing that maybe that individual is not ready on Tuesday at 4 p.m., but mm -hmm. you have a schedule in mind. That can help plan out your visit a little bit easier rather than the overwhelming aspect of like, well, I want to see her, but oh, she's not available. Right. And oh, I'm already shaken up a little bit, which is totally understandable. Like I was there too. Yeah, I was there too coming into this world as a provider. Yeah, I could imagine that it's a mix of nervousness and excitement all in one. And are they really very different, right? It's yeah. the story we tell around it. I'm like, if you sign up for true adventure, I mean, that's been my personal experience is like, I don't know what I'm getting into most of the time in all of my 
research, anecdotal research, explorations, explorations, but mm-hmm. I am so down for the adventure. And then, you know, and I know I'll be okay. But my question for you now is like, after that first party, were you like, oh, I'm in, this is for me? Or like, mm-hmm. at what point were you like, oh, I like this work? Because you've been doing it over two years now. Right, right. I know we can't talk about hard numbers, yeah. but the booking that I had that first time, um, I won't, like I said, I won't say hard numbers, but if you're wanting to go make some comparisons, on your own time, go right ahead. But that amount that I booked in 15 minutes, I made a day worth of nursing. Mm. And I logged it in my book, recorded it in some way. And I thought, wow, it was safe. It was consensual. I had fun doing it. I was able to help somebody in their own way and provide care in my own way behind that, meaning my prices. And I was just, my jaw was on the floor. Like, that just happened. That just happened. I believe I was there for two weeks initially. And I had booked a year worth of nursing in two weeks. For our listeners, I just want to clarify a couple points. Because when you say you made and you booked, booking is the number, like the big number, and then what you make is after the 50% or whatever. It's 50%, but then it's different things, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I guess I made half. I booked the yearly amount of nursing, but I made half of that in in two weeks. Damn. So I thought, oh, I remember there were two hands like on my forehead when I had booked like a four-figure party, and I was telling the front desk, like, oh, this, this, this is a thing. This is a thing. And I was having a good time doing it, but in a way that I could help people. I mean, I really had a baptism by fire. It was a lot of fun that I got virgins, and I got couples, and I had individuals who were widowed or newly divorced, and... I felt like I had that social know-how through the healthcare world, but I was bringing it over into this brand new sex work world. (laughs) And I felt so privileged that I could be there. Yeah. So I kept coming back. Wow. (laughs) Again and again. And the experiences that I get to share with people and my own art form, in mm. a way, mm. to implement into this world. I came from a world in healthcare that it was very strict by the book for reasons, for absolute safety reasons, mm-hmm. and making sure that we're not just going willy-nilly on certain things. It right. has to be on evidence-based practice. But here I have a little more wiggle room that I can be a little more creative. I can <sighs> be a, <laughs> a little more spontaneous and fun as long as all or those in the party feel good about it yeah and i love it i really do amazing i oh oh, there's so many things that i want to ask you about first i just imagine that it's so hot to be valued so concretely you know as a person who gets a lot of requests for free time and attention and i'm like don't you understand that in order to skip all the steps of Mm -hmm 
intimacy and trust building, there needs to be some sort of exchange here. You know, that's what people are paying for at the ranch is like instant, instant friend. I would love to hear what the evolution over two years has been like for you. Like, what have you learned? What are the takeaways? And kind of like, I don't know if there's stories in there that you want to kind of like pepper in or just the parts you find most gratifying or how your own creativity has had an opportunity to flourish in that time. Yeah. And I do feel that success, however you define that, isn't linear. Mm. As long as you have a goal in mind and you're making that even a small exponential change over time, you'll get there. Mm. Sometimes within this graph, you have dips and humps, but overall it's Just like our arousal. Right, right. It's a positive <laughs> incline <laughs> or maybe it's a, it goes down. That's okay. Yeah. But if you have a goal in mind, try to make the steps and go get it. But it was absolutely an evolution where, especially in terms of giving free time or setting boundaries, that I could be vocal on things and you can either respect that or if you don't, then it's time to go. We also have resources that if we do have to get security involved, that it's there. Mm. Knock on wood, hasn't happened yet. (laughs) But it, it really was that previously I felt that Not that I didn't have a voice, but, you know, I'm here as a provider and something's uncomfortable. Like either my positioning is off or maybe their touch is a little too rough Mm -hmm. that I would just kind of take it. I would just go with it. Mm. And I thought like, oh, this is their thing. I don't want to throw off their groove. But now it's like, nope. Nope, we are absolutely saying that we like what I want as what would really be hot is if you went a little bit to the left or faster. Yes. Like what if that was in all of the communication? I know I speak to many people who are excellent communicators with Mm -hmm. their partners and they have their groove down or they're just like communication ninjas and it comes easily to them Mm -hmm. or they have that self-assertion. But it's like, I think most people who I speak with who have any care Mm -hmm. for individuals outside themselves, which is to say, you know, anyone who's not a narcissist, they want that kind of guidance. They Mm -hmm. want that feedback. You know, I imagine you get, people who also want to please you just as much as they want you to please them. Right. And that was a new concept for me as well. Mm -hmm. And a hot one too, Mm. because it was like, oh, you want to know about what I like? Well, here, here, let me show you. (laughs) So it was just about finding a voice. In the nursing world, it was of no problem to me to advocate for patients and families. No problem. But if It was an off day, doctor's having a bad day, doctor's yelling at me that I would just shrink up, you know, get this shield going and just take it. But then I realized like, no, I hear and what is kind of projecting onto my civilian life too is that I can speak for myself and I can say when something is okay or not. Mm -hmm. And if it's respected, thank you. If not, then we need to reevaluate things here and usually in the form of you're out of here. Yeah, yeah. Have you had to do that? Like, have you had to kick people out? A couple times. Okay. A couple times. Usually it's in the form of boundary pushing. Okay. As I was mentioning earlier, like three strikes and you're out. I feel like that's a fair rule. Yeah. Like, perhaps the first time was on accident. Right. The second time, mm, what's going on here? Third time, all right. Yeah. Out of here. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel comfortable sharing some of the boundaries that maybe people are pushing, whether it's on accident or becomes clear that it's like, 
intentional? Yeah. It was very surprising to me where people would come in and they're looking for oral sex on me or oral sex on them. And it's like, great, wonderful. Love doing it. Though, I just want to let you know that when it's for oral sex on a penis owner, there has to be a condom in Mm -hmm, place. mm -hmm. And if there's oral sex on me or another lady, there has to be a dental dam and there I can not count how many times I've heard what's a dental dam mm. and great now we have a learning opportunity okay. here for our listeners who maybe don't know what a dental dam is it's a square yeah it can be a square of latex or neoprene mm-hmm. that goes over the vulva area that prevents any transmission of fluid and say vaginal fluid saliva from intermingling mm-hmm. and at least for me i feel like it is a lot better than skin on skin or say mouth on vulva mm. Because there's friction there for me. Same. Same. My clit is so sensitive. I'm like, I need laurels or, you know, and I like I like the extra coverage mm-hmm. of the square. Because yeah. sometimes with laurels, I'm like holding it anyway. Because I'm right, like, right. especially with a partner I don't know that well. Right, you know. Right. But regarding the dental dams, I can still feel the pressure. I can mm-hmm. feel movement of the tongue and the lips. I can feel suction. Yeah. And it's even sexier because there's protection in place. Yeah. But when I do hear a lot of pushback in terms of like, well, we can do without it, like, oh, like, do we really need that? Then that's starting to question their motives on, am I going to be safe in this situation? Yeah. And I don't want to be putting myself in a situation where they'll say that they'll adhere to the mandated practices and act otherwise. Right. Kissing is also a thing I don't do just because it can spread HPV, HSV. And when I get pushed back about that, great. It's another learning opportunity that I'll tell them, well, HPV does transfer orally and it can go undetected and then stem into oral pharyngeal cancer. And then when they For hear- For penis owners as well. Exactly. There we go. Penis owners are not concerned about HPV mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, I don't have a cervix. I don't have to worry about cervical cancer. Exactly. Okay. There you go. Exactly. Other cancers to worry about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when- that concrete information is in place, it's a, oh, okay, Mm. then we won't. And it has been really refreshing that when I do bring out that information of kindly, gently informing them of why I don't, but also N-O period can be a full sentence too. And it is the law, fluid exchange you're not supposed to do, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's just where it gets in place of this is why we don't do it. I don't do this. But there's still a plethora of different activities that we can engage in to still have a great time. What are you looking for? How can I help with that? Yeah. Okay, so it sounds like those are the less sexy parts of the job. Mm -hmm. What are some of the parts? I mean, obviously the sex is very sexy, but like, do you want to talk about role play? Do you want to talk about like your turn-ons? We've talked about reciprocity. I'd love to hear a little bit more about maybe some specifics and then also like your relationship with freedom. Yeah, which is... A really neat evolving one because it went from I had myself in this really small cramped metaphorical cage of like I don't do that like Mm. yeah I don't do this I don't want to do that but the time at the ranch sexual or otherwise has taught me that I should at least give it a try as long as it's safe does it feel like a should yeah Mm, okay the first tour I had afterwards I went skydiving 
<gasps> yeah. Fun. Because I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And it was, it seemed like such a great idea when I hit book online. Yeah. When I was in the plane, I was shaking. Really? I was shaking and I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> I did it, but I also use that as another metaphor of people come to the ranch that it's very nerve wracking when you're up in the air mm. and you're about to take this leap into the unknown and you're not quite sure how it's going to feel or how it's going to sound or how you're, you're going to feel afterwards. <laughs> With my skydiving incident, I was like, wow, this is so much fun. I landed in tandem with the jumper and I just threw up. <laughs> I, really? just, I just threw up oh my because gosh. it must have been the adrenaline, but I got a lot of motion sickness. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, dang. All I remember about skydiving is that, like, I was so, like, laughing because my arm skin was flapping. <laughs> and I just remember being like, I'm flapping everywhere. This is <laughs> right, so funny. Right. <laughs> just like a rag doll and yeah. in this space yeah gravity's but pulling like, down but you're in space that's my cheek flapping <laughs> <laughs> but i bet you hear sounds like that in yeah. in the course of your work too right right yeah and that brings up another thing that you know sex is also very noisy mm. i feel like especially the virgins who come in there looking for this pristine looking no sound involved right. sexual encounter that no there are all sorts of wet slapping sounds yeah. and sometimes queef queefing yeah. yeah and it's totally fine because our bodies are cool and then i just saw this whole dynamic of different bodies different abilities and how i could help cater to that through like you know civilian know-how or healthcare know-how that I could implement in this sex work way that was overlapping in such a really, really special way that I would see blind individuals. I would see those with cerebral palsy or those who have had a stroke many years ago and they're trying to find different ways to become aroused mm -hmm. that isn't in, say, the conventional penis way yeah. or genital way. How do you have those conversations with people? It sounds like you have this background in healthcare that would really inform that. And I bet our listeners would really benefit from just hearing how you initiate those conversations in a compassionate manner. I know that it's a little bit different when you're holding space as a professional, but I feel like there's probably applicable skills for anyone's life out there. Right. Yeah. And usually I've noticed that they'll reach out to me via email mm. and usually they're asking what I'm capable or what I'm comfortable with doing with their disability. Or sometimes they're asking if there's a role in shower or mm. am I able to help transfer from, say, wheelchair to bed? Mm. Do I feel comfortable doing these certain activities? Right. Which I'm very thankful that they want to reach out to me just to make sure that I'm comfortable. But usually it's no problem. Right. It's no problem. We can do it in a safe way and good body mechanic way. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll also touch upon what their fantasies are a little bit, just to see if that is able to be implemented within their abilities. Okay. And usually, no problem. Yeah. No problem at all. And we see all sorts of individuals, all demographics of life, mm -hmm. all walks of life. So cool. And I feel just so privileged that I can meet so many individuals from all over say, the world or just within their experiences and I get to learn from it. But also people do come to me for, say, 
you know, I am a nurse. <laughs> I was going to say, could we talk about yeah. medical role yeah. play? Because like, it's so cool that you have the actual experience to help someone, especially if their bodies maybe have specific needs mm-hmm. that someone, you know, I'm in the process of learning. Mm-hmm. I have read a lot of books. I have educated myself. And I do lack the experiential knowledge that I suppose as a nurse you probably have. You know, th- there's like a specific level of like care and awareness about certain things. But also nurse role play. Right, like right. Like, you could be, like, the most accurate. I mean, have you been a nurse more often? Like, what have you done? Yeah. Like, tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us what you've yeah, done. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. So, usually, if it is a role play scenario, usually people are coming to me for the nurse role play. You're the nurse. Yes, I'm okay. the nurse. However, I don't even own, like, the fetishized okay. nurse outfit with, like, the little cap with yeah. the red cross. I do. <laughs> and it's great. It's great. Someone I, gave it to me. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, if I'm going to do this, like they're probably looking for some accuracy. Mm. So I wear scrubs. I Mm. wear like you get the compression socks. You're like, I am a slutty nurse. I don't need to dress up like a slutty nurse. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I like that. I like the scrub look. Oh, I like the scrub look a lot. But like you're you're getting a stethoscope. You're getting a pulse ox. (laughs) I did have a role play once where an individual had asked me that he wanted to be dominated. But in the scenario of a healthcare setting, and Mm. I said, okay, did you have a certain story in mind or should we brainstorm together? And he (gasps) said, well, I want you to be a bit upset with me because I'm using the call light too many times. And I thought, oh, this is going to be no problem. (laughs) I bet like flight attendants can also really relate. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Ooh. And not saying that if you're in a hospital setting that the call bell is absolutely there to help you out. And we're here to help. However, they're definitely, with anything, abuse of privilege. Need for attention. Deep needs for attention. Deep need to make sure someone's there listening. But I imagine you've gotten some... Yeah. Big time. Big time. (laughs) So he asked for this scenario. I thought this is going to be no problem. I looked internally into myself and... Drew from your well of creativity. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I... But yeah, in terms of a medical role play, usually I am in the form of a nurse. Okay. Have I you guess... ever been a nurse training another nurse? Oh, that's exciting. I would love to get trained. Yeah, like, oh, me. you're in nursing Show school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is how you put a catheter in. Ooh, have you done sounding? Yeah. <gasps> I want to do that so bad. As uh-huh. long as like you're not introducing any pathogens, yeah. like it really, it really should be sterile. Of course, um, sterile steel rods usually, right? Boiling them, yeah. and it's on a sterile or clean surface that Mm. you're and you're wearing gloves and there's good hand hygiene have fun Mm. (laughs) but there are too many times that i see in porn or maybe they're just not emphasizing the safety that goes into that where i see people sound is just like you just grab that on your desk with bare hands and where have your hands been and especially for penis owners they don't get as many UTIs because of the length of the shaft. Ladies, on the other hand, we've got mm, maybe an inch or two. (laughs) And through medical knowledge, I was able to do it in a safe way and follow-ups, make sure that they're not having any symptoms similar to a UTI. And I was like, wow, this is really overlapping. (laughs) Wait, so did you do sounding for the first time at work at the ranch? Yep. Yep. Had you put in a catheter already at that point? Not sexually. No, no, not sexually, but like in in the course of like nursing, I'm sure oh, absolutely. you had experience. Absolutely, absolutely. So put in Foley catheters, say if there's like a bladder obstruction right, right. or um, post surgery or 
pre-surgery. Okay, but you're saying you have not yet done the medical role play of catheter insertion. Exactly. <laughs> you'd probably have to be like prepared for that. Yeah, know? like you'd, yeah, you know, that's not something that I would do on the drop of a hat. Yeah, know, because yeah. I don't have the supplies it's outside and... the scope of the norm. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to joke that, oh, you want a naughty nurse? Then it's going to be so accurate. Like, oh, your leg hurts. Let me just throw you some Tylenol and pitch the doctor. I'll be with you in more than an hour. <laughs> You know, <laughs> but usually people are just wanting that attention and care in a one-on-one setting yeah. and whether if that is me and scrubs or me and laundry or nothing at all mm. that they're looking for that one-on-one time have you been with other nurses or providers sure of the healthcare have. providers? I sure have. Yeah. Healthcare providers, you're not sneaky. Usually you'll drop a term, like a healthcare term, like laminectomy. I don't know why that would show up. Or they'll say like, oh, you're ACLS certified. Me too. I'm like, ah. <laughs> there it is. Like, Are you in healthcare? <laughs> a lot of nurses, a lot of physicians, and that does kind of set a foundation on common interests. Mm, that I fun. do know the the struggles and benefits of being in the healthcare world, yeah. and I can relate to that. And they feel heard. Yeah, and I, I imagine heard. that also goes back to your reciprocity. I'm going to call it a kink. I don't want to put words, yeah, but like no, your desire to have that reciprocity, like being mm-hmm. with another person who is a care provider and getting to be in that, like to dance in that mutual overlap of like mutual care. That's Mm -hmm. so yummy. Yeah. Big time that they would come in. And now that veil of, I'll I'll say professionalism in the healthcare world, it's been uplifted. And now we can talk about sexy things and we just happen to both be in that world as well. Oh my God, that's so cool. Isn't it? (laughs) Are there any other like role plays or fantasies or just parties you've had that kind of like stand out without giving any details that would like compromise anyone's privacy, but just, you know, what else has kind of like blossomed in your time at the ranch? Mm. You also mentioned couples. Is that how you figured out? Sorry for all the questions in a row, but that's all right. You also mentioned couples. Is that how you figured out you were bisexual? Yes. <laughs> That's so Big hot. Time. And it, I had worked with couples a good while, but I just knew that, okay, I'm just providing a service here. And yeah, I, I was like, okay, yeah, everyone thinks women are beautiful. And like, you exactly. know, everyone goes through the phase of threesomes, right? And like exactly. really wanting to go down on a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I'm here. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. I thought the same thing too. It's like, wow, like ladies are so beautiful and soft and gosh if they have a passion for something yeah. like wow and, and their necks just look so beautiful when exactly. they tip their heads up and their mouths are so like cute and exactly ooh. exactly <laughs> and it just took me a long while to like come to uh, terms i suppose on uh, or the, having that realization of like wow i like girls too wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute uh even though i told myself otherwise of like well yeah what they do is just it turns me on hot people are hot yeah connection is hot yeah i think it just came down to that where like it's not a label on anybody but just like oh that beautiful person is beautiful and that just also happened to be guys and gals yeah yeah (laughs) everyone yeah what about Uh, other parties or role plays or fantasies that you have either like done and loved or would like to do. Yeah. I I guess I can flip this over that 
I've been nurse, but also somebody asked me to be patient. <gasps> they were a pet- paramedic. Mm. And I, it was with another girl as well. Their partner or like another lady at the another ranch? Another lady at the ranch, yeah. <gasps> and you can't have two girls or three girls or yeah, yeah. more girls more if you're wanting. Get it's more. it's very choose your own adventure there. Yeah. As long as you let us know what you're looking for, we'll try our best to help. So hot. Yeah. But they wanted me to be patient. And it was just so much fun where they had that know-how and I had that know-how. Like, yeah, do stuff Exactly. Me. Inspect all of me. Exactly. <laughs> Look deep inside. Right, all right. My all holes. the way. Exactly. <laughs> Inspection. You need a thorough assessment. <laughs> and I had just also realized that I do love intimate touch. Not necessarily sexual touch, but massages mm. are great. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Especially toward the end of my tour. Like, Yes, you can take some time and give rub those my calves a massage. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Start with my feet and work your way up. Right. And then there are fetishes, right? Where there is a fetish for everything. There and it's involuntary too. You you like what you like. Define fetish for us here today for listeners who are maybe just like fresh and are like, what's the difference between kink and a fetish? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. To me, a fetish is an involuntary um, attraction towards someone or something. And it's so dynamic and they're so like listless on how many different fetishes there could be. But that doesn't necessarily have to be sexual Mm -hmm. where I can like music, Mm -hmm. but maybe it's not sexually arousing for me. Right, right, right. Not necessary for you to achieve peak arousal. Exactly, exactly. It does enhance things. For sure. It it enhances it, but it's not the main goal necessarily off the bat. Mm -hmm. I started at the ranch with braces. Mm. Uh, Mm. Oh, interesting. During the pandemic, I had decided that I'm going to go for braces for metal, like, brackets on the teeth braces because I had everybody was wearing masks yeah. everybody was wearing masks and i was like well this is my time my mouth is covered good I, point yeah. <gasps> and i started at the ranch with braces and everybody was wearing masks at the time too so i would almost reveal my mask when that was time to come off and be like oh surprise <laughs> i got bling in my teeth <laughs> and it usually it was not a problem it's yeah. not a problem but i did have a couple of individuals who were like oh Yes, please. Braces, please. And that just never occurred to me that that could be a thing or a a fetish. I had one individual that that was his main focus. He loved that I had braces. After a couple of meetings together, he got braces as well. And we would do like these pseudo oral exams on each other that you would do similar to an orthodontic office. Uh, We're counting brackets. We're trying to make sure that none of the brackets pop the wire. We're counting how many rubber bands we have. And, oh, I've got blue brackets now or oh i went for the white brackets this time and something that we could really connect on especially if both of our mouths were hurting Mm, or we're having different areas of friction within our mouth and now we have to roll up the wax put it in our mouth yeah but there was quite a fascination within that for him that he just loved it that is so interesting also like i will be honest my head went straight to pedophilia or Mm -hmm. like people that are like looking for that kind of experience but that Mm -hmm. sounds completely different Mm -hmm. question about the braces though yeah in an occupation where you are required to use 
condoms and dental dams. Mm-hmm. What do you do with braces? Like, how did, did that ever, like, snap them or, like, catch on them? Right. And I had the same concern as well. Like, oh, gosh, these snag on my own mouth. They're yeah. probably going to snag on condoms. But well, That's not really how blowjobs work. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Unless you're wanting teeth on. Yeah. Um, the top it, of teeth. Right. Like, like a cheese grater. <laughs> I was worried. Yeah. I did create a technique where I could, it was just lips only and keeping that out of place. And it did also spark the conversation of like, well, I absolutely cannot do without a condom or a dental dam because of, well, I've got appliances in my teeth. Did that hurt your own? Sure did. Oh, damn. Sure did. I I know. And I'm so glad they're off. I only had them on for a year. And that was round two of braces. I adapted so I could give them a good time, but also within my own comfort level as well. There were some times where I wasn't as conscious in what I'm doing and I'm causing rub spots in my mouth and I would get blisters and I don't want to compromise skin integrity in my mouth. Absolutely not. So it was just a learning curve, but gosh, when they came off, look out. (laughs) It was so much fun that I could feel yeah, we have our nerve endings in our teeth with different sensations of like, oh, the condom is smooth. The condom is smooth against my teeth and just different awakenings of senses that I didn't have before. That's so cool. Isn't it neat? That is so cool. <laughs> Did it, you have braces? I had braces, yes. Yeah. And uh, full disclosure, I wear a mouth guard. Like I wear a full-on mouth guard every night <laughs> and I tape my mouth shut to improve the breathing in my nasal passage mm-hmm. and like I'm a big dork in bedtime and it's been a minute since I have had anyone spend the night with me all night. <laughs> I mean I've done it but like not so much in a romantic way. Sure. Although I will be having opportunities coming up soon so I'm like what will that be like? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, mouth guard or not. <laughs> Damn good. No I'll, wear it. I'll probably wear it. Yeah it almost puts in like an athletic aspect of like football players who yeah. or hockey players that put in their mouth guards, like, all right, now I'm ready for activity. Yeah. Now I'm ready for sports. Yeah, yeah. Like, get ready for sex. I've got my mouth guard on. <laughs> <laughs> I have not yet gone down on anyone with the mouth guard in, too. So I'm like, that could be interesting. I wonder if it will enhance, like, if teeth aren't your thing, if it adds a layer of protection there so you can oh. have... Mine is the hard... Yeah, it really is like the hard plastic kind oh, of gotcha. bitey in. So it might feel smoother. I don't really know. We'll I'll it. report back yeah. when I have more data. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Any other like stories from the ranch or just experiences there that feel worth mentioning? That's the beauty of it is that I never know what's going to come in through the front door and every experience is... Or what's going to want to go in the back door. Exactly, Sorry, I exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do anal myself, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> but I'm sure you know people who do yes, if it's yes. needed. I mean, yeah. not no, that's not allowed at the ranch, officially speaking. But officially speaking, though, when it's behind closed doors and it's two individuals that make a decision... Whatever happens, happens. However, I do not. Right, right. right. I do not. So I have all these experiences that I feel so privileged to be a part of. And sometimes it is, I'll just use the word conventional here. Sometimes it is just conventional sex, like penis and vagina sex. But if I have a moment in there that I can sprinkle in a little bit of like, oh, here's a tool for later, Mm. or here's a little education for you can take out in the world. It's just little moments like that that I really enjoy. Oh my god! I but thought, I get to have a lot of fun doing it. That's so cool. And it, 
you know, even in quote unquote, just penis and vagina sex or mm-hmm. vanilla sex with another vulva owner, it's mm-hmm. like, I still find myself discovering so much with every person, you know, and I, I sometimes hear criticism from people that are like, you only like kinky sex, you hate monogamous villain, vanilla people. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm just highly curious. Yeah. And I like all of it. I love learning from yeah. everyone and everything and right. like seeing what comes next. Right. Another analogy here. I love the term vanilla sex because mm-hmm. you can always put sprinkles or yes. toppings on top of it. Yes. But vanilla, great. If you're wanting vanilla, I like vanilla. It's at the basis of everything. Exactly. Like it's like, yeah. Yeah. You want to add nuts or you want to add syrups or fruit. Or any of that, just let me know and we'll get those toppings going. Totally. Or if you want to try new toppings. I Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I know there are people out there that maybe just want to drink syrup, but like, I always want the sex part, which is vanilla. Like, I want want all of it. And like, do I want to add a dynamic? Yes. Do I want to add a dynamic with everyone? Absolutely, I don't. You know, it's really specific about what I want. Are we sharing this ice cream with three spoons yeah yeah yeah. or are we all just like licking it together because Mm -hmm. we've talked about our health and safety practices in a very specific way exactly exactly (laughs) how has work influenced or informed your own sex life to whatever degree you feel comfy sharing yeah in my civilian life i'm definitely very matter of fact we are sitting down we are talking about health and safety which is sexy for me because that gives you an even brighter green light yeah uh, rather than this like weird dimmed one where it's like is that a green light or is that a a kind of yellowish greenish yellow you get a civil engineer out here (laughs) but it allows me to be more expressive on my wants Mm. and also create a dialogue on what their wants are as well so Mm. i can sprinkle that in too so it's this beautiful sunday (laughs) ice cream sunday so health and safety expressions curiosity as well yeah because now that i'm i'm awake yeah (laughs) i'm awake and now i want to try new things and if it works awesome if it doesn't then it's okay i've tried and i can say that i can try that heaven forbid i'm gonna be on a deathbed and i'm gonna have regrets of like oh like i wish i had tried pegging that one person you know you're like i did (laughs) i did i did (laughs) i lived and i told the tale (laughs) so cool (laughs) i'm not trying to steer away from the question but I feel like there are its own aspects of specialness Mm. in every experience that I have with an individual, either at the ranch or otherwise. Yeah, where I get in these moments where I think like, oh, freeze frame, voiceover. You're probably wondering how I got here right now. Like I'm oil wrestling with two other girls or (laughs) or I'm doing this role play where I'm the student and then I graduate into the teacher. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm, That's so yummy. (laughs) But usually it's for me the connection that I gain with being with an individual and what they have taught me. Yeah, And I get to put in my own tool belt, go off into the world and have it as a data point or an anecdote and continue on from there in this mission of becoming a more sexier, loving place. Yeah. And on that note, like what else are you excited to explore going forward, either in your work or your personal life or, you know, if there's a distinction? Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of overlap with that. So in my professional life, I'm doing a master's in sexual health. 
And from there, I hope that will give me the credentials to give me almost a shield of armor to have people understand like, oh, she knows what she's talking about. And she's not just a sex worker. However, I absolutely feel like we should be hearing the stories of the quote unquote, just the sex worker. You know, I agree. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because we have things to say. And just because of the profession that we chose, it shouldn't diminish anyone's. Mm -hmm. Like, I know for sure I couldn't be a plumber, but that doesn't diminish their importance in the world or teachers. Oh, yeah. Goodness. Uh, I know that everybody has something to bring to the table, regardless of what you are. So I want to finish that, which is coming up. It's coming up in May. I'll graduate. Congrats. Thank you. And within my personal life, I just want to try everything and everything Mm. and sexual or not. Mm -hmm. I want to eat food. I want to go scuba diving. I want to go to concerts. I want to help those like say through volunteering and thankfully sex work has given me that window that I can previously I was you know 12 hour shifts six days a week and working myself to death damn so now I can put that energy towards something and other projects that I feel like are important at least to me but yeah I can have that platform and that window that I can help others and it's kind of on my own narrative rather than like, yeah. okay, time to come in. You're scheduled for this now. It's like your new era of sexual freedom has led to a new era of overall freedom in your life and choice, mm-hmm. it sounds like. Oh, yeah. You had, that's a nail on the head right yeah. there. Damn. And did you have something similar when things became a little more sexual? <sighs> I'm really, really good at taking my favorite things and making cages out of them. Mm. Now, I do like cages. <laughs> Um, however, I do so many things so intensely. Mm-hmm. My goal for 2024 really is to travel more and recapture my own sense of personal freedom that it's so funny because when I hear from people, they project it all over me. They're like, mm-hmm. you're single and you're doing all these things and this and that. But it's also perhaps because I take my sexual freedom for granted because I was mm-hmm. like, well, when I was 27, I decided that I was prioritizing my desire for sex and good sex. So... Definitely relate and definitely am, you know, continuing to step ever into the new eras where my priorities are actually priorities. Right. And that's the beauty of it, right? That it is a process because if I got to experience everything all at once at one time, that doesn't leave any room for tomorrow. No. Yeah. And yeah. it's important to pace yourself a little bit and take time to process that learning of, wow, that was great. Or, Mm, I'll give it two more tries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's like, I am an ever-changing being, and me of five years ago when I was starting this podcast is a very, very different person from yeah. me of right now. And it should be. And I, you know, even though I've crossed stuff off my bucket list, I don't want to do everything just once, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so if you could wave a magic wand and teach everyone in the world something about sex, what would you teach them? It's a process. We have perhaps through porn or media or otherwise that it's like, oh, now we just take off all our clothes. I feel like it is okay to sit down, have a little conversation. And it could be a sexy conversation it's too. Hot yeah. To slow it down. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, through what we see on TV or movies, maybe it's just the pacing of the production and, the, you know, there's no time for that. But I feel like it does open up a, 
important dialogue that benefits everybody. And even in the little sex education I got, it was like, this is what things are done physically and not mechanically. Exactly. But not necessarily what leads up to that. Mm. You know, it was just kind of sprinkled in there. Like you should have a conversation or like you will make the decision. I I hear so often, you know, especially the reason I started this podcast is because I was listening to other podcasts and there's a lot of like what and shoulds. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, but what about the how? How, you know, so I was just listening to a book that was like, you know, you should definitely talk to your medical provider and, you know, their job is to help you, you know, support yourself. But but they they won't necessarily bring up sex because that's another goal. And very few doctors are trained Mm -hmm. when it comes to having those conversations. And I'm also just like, well, how do I initiate that? You know, how, what words do I use? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, there's tactful ways of saying things and they're not so great ways to say things in terms of your desires and making it more of a collaborative process rather than like, you will do this. No, right. Not that it really ever comes down to that. But Unless you have an explicitly negotiated dynamic, exactly. <laughs> which some of us do <laughs> yeah, like, but yeah. not just out of the blue. Exactly. Not just with the assumptions. Assumptions are so unsexy to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And yeah, so I would say knowing that it is okay having that conversation it you know it doesn't even have to be a lengthy one mm-hmm. but just like oh looks like this is where we're headed what are we gonna do yeah that's so hot. <laughs> a hot process yeah and if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice what age or ages would you pick and what would you say <laughs> I'll, I'll give a couple stories here so when I was young, my mom taught me about you know, the egg and the sperm. Mm-hmm. Egg sounds like, well, an egg. And that's something that I correlated with food. Mm. <laughs> and I had always heard of steak and eggs. Never really had it myself when I was young. But I thought, oh, we have eggs and guys have steaks because steaks sound like sperm. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that it's like. You know, there's a physical steak like between right. your legs. It's meat, but it's not. It's, <laughs> it's not a steak. Uh, but like our internal anatomy of because that's how I understood it, is like okay, our eggs are inside of us. Mm. Therefore, guys have steaks inside oh, of so us. Funny. So I would probably you know, just have a good sit down with young young Camille and be like, no, they actually look like these little little whip like little creatures, and that's how they swim. Yeah. It was probably a lot later that I realized like what the structure of a sperm is. Gosh, I hope so. I made it this far. (laughs) And then much later when things are getting a little bit questionable in terms of like your body's developing and all that, I would say that it is okay to be curious. Mm. It is okay to be curious. It's okay to indulge in that desire as long if it's yourself and it's safe and it's, you know, nobody's being put into this fantasy non-consensually or if it's with a partner or two partners as long as the dialogue is there it's okay to be curious try it out because otherwise you won't know and that's something that i had realized when coming to the ranch that it is okay to be curious like i i don't know what it would be like to be on a hop 66 ball i liked it (laughs) (laughs) that's gotta go on my bucket list oh no it's only getting longer damn it (laughs) Well, that's the thing, though. It's ever-changing and ever-growing, just like people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I also find a lot of comfort in the things that are consistent for me in a desire sort of way. Mm. I love massages. I love good talks. 
I love to listen to people because I get to learn. And I feel like that's where it is foundationally is that I'm learning and I love to learn. Learning is sexy. Sure is. Mm. (laughs) Okay, fantasy time. If we suddenly lived in a world where everyone had to be a sex worker for at least two years and you had to do a different type of sex work, how would you serve? Mm. That is, like, sex work itself is an umbrella term, too, because there's so many different sections that it can go down. Gosh, I've always wanted to try stripping. Never, I've Me never too. done it myself. Same. I mean, I have on my own pole, but that's not the same. Right. And initially, I thought, like, gosh, I'm I'm going to be a Corazon. I should at least know <laughs> how to strip and how to be on a pole. And that wasn't the case. But that also put me in a container. It's like, well, I don't have to learn that. But now it's like I I would at least want to give it a try to have a better understanding on how it all works. Yeah. So being in an environment like the ranch, I get to ask people with different specialties of like yes they do just domination or they have done stripping or they do the certain type of play and those answers and resources are it's like a library itself that i can just ask and see if that's something that i would want to engage in sexy human library yeah different kind of sexy human library from the earlier one right right maybe on that note or maybe not You now have an unlimited budget to build the perfect playroom or dungeon or castle or whatever you want. Mm. What is it like? It would probably be a spa. It would probably be just, yeah, (laughs) because your body is feeling good, like on a like ground level zero sort of way. You're feeling good. Perhaps you're nourished. Mm -hmm. Maybe eat some good food. But it can also have like a black and white type setting like oh we have the the very airy and light spa over here and then over here we have the dungeon and it's dark and we've got torches and (laughs) and then maybe a sensual flickering candle somewhere in between exactly exactly perhaps it would be a castle with just different environments depending on my mood or the mood overall okay so you can be in charge of designing the spa at the ultimate play camp hotel creation Mm -hmm. is is what i'm thinking of it yeah because that is such a nourishing part. Okay, what what other elements would you want to have? Oh, well, that's a neat thing. I used to have a lot of dreams. Like, in my dreams while I'm asleep, it's very room-oriented. Like, I dream a lot about malls or, like, theme parks because they have different subsections that are special to yeah. whatever product or dialogue that they're trying to open. So it would be cool to see, like like in terms of a castle or a mall-like setting that you just go down this way and you can branch out into these different specialties. Like, oh, yes, this is the shower room and it's a luscious, wonderful shower. Or we have a backyard and maybe that can introduce voyeurism a little bit. Mm. Um, Statue garden. I have a fucking statue garden idea where people can watch from balconies or from these windows and the windows also include little booths, like little fucking booths. So one is a phone booth, but all these tiny little spaces for quickies. Right. It's a hallway of quickie booths that looks out into the statue garden, the fucking statue garden. Yeah, exactly. Like Superman. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and different versions of the phone booth and different versions of all I mean, you know me, I like novelty. Right, right. Oh, I can imagine too, like we could have like one of those dry cleaning 
revolving racks or just different costumes. Oh my god. Oh, and I was thinking, I thought you were going to say, and like people could be fucking in the middle of it, but maybe also that, (laughs) also that like like the the costumes are going around, they get cleaned, people could fuck in there, you know, and like obviously respecting the costumes. You know, and that's why bringing, or rather, that's why establishing a culture in those spaces I think Mm -hmm. is so important for play. So that like everyone's type of play is respected. It's like, okay, if you want to do all of the urine and blood stuff, there's a room for that because there are health concerns. You know, there's specific things that you need. Yeah. And as long as those practices are in a safe container, have fun. Have at it. Yeah. (laughs) And I didn't say this earlier when you asked me like my, because this is all for me an extension of the fantasy. I'm just like infusing your ideas into my, my future big dream. Yeah. The first point of safety for all of it is the health check that mm-hmm. everyone would get going in, you right. know, and, and all of that kind of education is the base layer and that's connected to everything, which is not to say that we would do away with barriers, because as you mentioned, there's still concerns that mm-hmm. we need barriers for, but just knowing that on some level we are really doing more risk-aware play, that right. is what I just want. Yeah, where it's out in the open, it's conscious, it's aware, but also we have these practices in place for a reason Mm. and that could be also chemical barriers as well like saying those who get on a cyclovir or prep Mm -hmm. that it's just another layer they're added for the heightened experience that safety is still in place yeah not saying that it's mandatory but it's there like i'm on prep yeah and just in case and i'm on a cyclovir just in case yeah yeah (laughs) look at us (laughs) it just adds this delicious yummy flavors that okay i can eat i've been given the menu so yummy beautiful Mm -hmm. lovers you can find camille on the internet at twitter at camille davis llc and you can go to sherry'sranch.com type in camille it's the easiest way to find it and we are linking in the description below camille thank you so much for being a guest on sex stories thank you so much my goodness